What is up guys, Sumi here with Thoughtcast and today I am in Istanbul, Turkey. And the reason I'm here is because so many of you have reached out to me about how to improve your hair. I think hair is one of the biggest things that a lot of men are afraid to talk about. It is something that we naturally lose as we get older and it's such a huge confidence booster or it can cripple your confidence as a man if you begin to lose hair. Men don't really have a lot of things when it comes to how to make ourselves look better. Women have Botox, they have plastic surgery in terms of you know, getting their, their chest done, their butt done. 93% of all plastic surgery is done by women, fun fact. So men don't really have a lot of options, but what they do have is hair transplant, dental work, and Istanbul, Turkey is the capital of the world. And this is what I've been trying to figure out for a long time. Why is it 10 times cheaper here, but people's results are effectively a lot better than every other place in the world? Now, I've done my research. There's a lot of horror stories. There's a lot of very big success stories as well. And so I have gone all the way here to Istanbul, Turkey, even though I have a full head of hair, to get a hair transplant myself, to see the process, to see what you should look for, to go to some of the best clinics in the world and really see what their process is like when it comes to bringing a client in, the hospitality, the communication, and the procedure itself, so that you guys, if you ever want to do this, have the resources, have the correct information, and have the contact information for what you need to do if you want to engage in this procedure. I think one of the biggest things that we need to talk about when it comes to Istanbul, Turkey, is how big the city is. I mean, this city is absolutely massive. There's a lot of cool things to do here, and ultimately, the one thing I've noticed is that people don't speak English here. So if you're an English speaker, you might want to get a translator. If you're even speaking Arabic, not everybody speaks Arabic here. So the one thing I'm going to look for when I go to any of these clinics is one that has a good translator, a good consultant, and someone that can really help me through the procedure, not only to be there more so for emotional support, but also to be there to help me through the process of what I need to do, the recovery, and everything in between. I'm here today, and I'm joined by one of the number one consultants in the business when it comes to hair transplants, and he's going to walk me through the process, he's got an elite team that's gonna take care of the hair transplant itself, and I'm gonna go do something that I probably don't need, but I wanna bring you this content because I don't think there's any videos out there on the internet, I don't think there's anybody talking about it, and I don't think there's an in-depth guide on how to really go about getting hair transplants, especially in a foreign country. It can be scary, it can be new, I definitely don't speak the native language here, I definitely have never been here before, and that's why I'm so excited to bring this content to you, because at ThoughtCast, we're trying to help you improve your lives and help you become the best version of yourself. So stay tuned, I'm gonna show you everything from A to Z, and I hope you guys enjoy this with me. What is up guys, Sumi here with ThoughtCast, and today I'm gonna be talking about this. I know I look crazy right now, you're probably thinking, oh my God, did I get in a fight, did I get in an accident? No. I'm actually in Istanbul, Turkey right now, and I came here to get a hair transplant. And a lot of people are wondering, why would you get a hair transplant in the first place, Sumi? You had a lot of hair, you had a ponytail, you had a full head of hair that was growing, and yeah, you're right. But there's two reasons I got a hair transplant. Number one, I get people that reach out to me every day regarding hair transplants. And you know, it's, it's a lot of men mostly, but there's a lot of women as well. And this is a huge thing for people. You wanna feel confident, you wanna feel good, and we all grow up typically with a full head of hair. As we get older, sometimes even in our 20s, we start to lose hair. And so it's a massive confidence killer, especially for men. When you have a receding hairline, you just don't feel as confident because you don't feel like you're looking the way that you should be. And I think there's a huge push in today's society to maintain our beauty, not only with Botox and plastic surgery and, and veneers, but even with hair. And this can be something that's very dangerous. 
the mindset of you know doing all this plastic surgery and doing all these procedures because there is a pressure on us to look young to look good in our instagram filtered society where everyone just looks so perfect on social media you want to look as good as you can look and i completely understand that and i know a lot of you have reached out to me personally on hair transplants and dental work and plastic surgeries and i want to be able to provide those answers to you or be able to direct you to the right resources. So I came down here to Istanbul, Turkey to do my own research and to get a hair transplant myself. Now, let me talk about my own hair transplant, right? Because there, there's some selfish purposes to this. I definitely wanted to get a hair transplant. And the reason why is because I was starting to have thinning hair. It wasn't bad, I'll be honest with you, it wasn't bad, but it was starting to happen. And the one thing I've realized about hair transplants is this. You don't get a hair transplant when you have no hair because you're transplanting the hair from a donor area in, in your scalp. And I'll, I'll get into that in a second, but you want to have hair if you're doing a hair transplant. You don't wanna just come in bald because where are they gonna get the hair from? Now there's a lot of clinics out there and doctors out there that will tell you, oh, we can take it from the chest, we can take it from down there. That's not true, okay, that's a lie. I don't know if they do it. I mean, that would be absolutely crazy. You wanna have hair from your head that's growing normally. So it's when you're starting to lose hair that you wanna get a hair transplant. It's when you're starting to see your hair thinning that you want to supplement that area and increase the density and maybe cover up some areas where your, maybe your, your hairline or even in the back, that's when you wanna do it. Now for me, I was losing a little bit of density and it was more so in the back. So it wasn't crazy. I mean, I'm sure you guys have seen my videos. I have a lot of hair, but when you kind of unravel everything, you can see that I was losing a little bit of hair. And honestly, when I went to the clinic and I really looked at everything, that's when I realized, man, I actually do need this stuff. And it is actually going to be very beneficial for me. So I wanted to number one, explain it to everybody out there. And I wanted them to be able to go to a safe, secure and trustworthy resource. And I wanted to be able to do it myself and obviously enhance my own looks as an individual. I'm on camera every day, just like I am right now. So looking good is very important to me. I want to be as presentable as I can be because you don't get a second chance to make a first impression. Especially when it comes to dating and relationships, it's good to look good. Dating and talking to women and obviously, you know, marriage and, and relationships in itself are a very superficial engagement in the initial parts. So that is why I got a hair transplant. Next, let's talk about why you should get a hair transplant in the first place. Next, let's talk about why you should get a hair transplant. Now, everybody I think is a little bit more confident with a full head of hair. There's a lot of guys that rock the bald look really well. And I'm not saying that, you know, that's not a advisable choice for certain individuals, but I think that when you have the option to shave your head and go bald, that is where it becomes powerful. If you are condemned to being bald, you're always going to want a full head of hair. You're always going to want a nice, you know, hairline to kind of support your face. And I think hair is a very natural thing. Obviously, when we're young, we all have hair. So hair is a good representation psychologically and biologically that this individual is young and healthy. Also with skin being tight, also with your teeth, also with your facial structure. There's a lot of different things I can talk about. But hair is a great indication of youth. And when someone has a full head of hair, they're more confident. It's obviously a conversational topic. You're going to the barber shop. You can talk about it. It just plugs you into society a lot more. And I think that everyone would rather have a full head of hair and then be able to do whatever they want with it than to have no hair whatsoever. So it is very understandable that you want to get a hair transplant. Now, I want to caution you here, right? Because you having hair is not going to 180 your life. You're not going to get a, a horde of women that are going to be talking to you. You're not going to get uh, a lot of money that goes into your bank account. It's not like something that's going to just go 180. If you have hair, you're going to feel a little bit more confident. You're going to look a little bit better, right? But it's, it's not going to change your personality. It's not going to change who you are. It's not going to change the way that you work. Really, 
it's not going to change too much unless you allow it to change too much. And I think there's a dangerous side when it comes to plastic surgery and treatments where you can get very, very into this mindset where you constantly need more and more and more. And women are the ones that really experience this the most. 92% of all plastic surgery done in the world is done by women. When it comes to any invasive treatments like lip injections, Botox, you know, um, uh, breast implants, uh, BBLs, tummy tucks, all that stuff. Women are typically the ones that are involved in this kind of stuff. And there can be a very dark side of it. And I know a lot of you have seen it with social media where you look at someone and you're like, why would they do that to themselves? Why would they do this to their body? They don't look natural. They don't look good. And in their own mind, there's a delusion where they feel like they're looking confident. It's a very subjective taste. I always am someone that prefers the natural look and you know, just being yourself and I think hair transplants are very natural because they're taking your own hair and they're not adding XYZ hair particles from somebody else that are not the same color. It's your own stuff. So I think it's very natural. But when it comes down to it, men have no real plastic surgery. What we do have is a lot of testosterone, HGH, Anavar, Trem like we have all these other things when it gets into bodybuilding that can be very, very dangerous and very, very ill-advised. But this is one of those things that I always wanna caution you on. I am not here to encourage you to do something that doesn't make sense for you. I'm not here to persuade you to get a hair transplant. I'm really here to tell you about my experience and really kind of guide you through the process if you wanna go through it yourself because I don't see a lot of videos on the internet of people really talking about this with extreme knowledge with a good understanding of the industry itself and with the genuine intention to help people rather than just to share their own story. So I wanted to make this video for this reason and I wanted to kind of encourage you that you don't have to feel pressure to get a hair transplant. You don't have to do this if you don't want to. If you feel like this is gonna make your life better and it's gonna improve your quality of living, then by all means, go do it and go be safe about it and, and spend the money on it. But this is not something that you have to do. So the third thing, let's talk about the clinics out here and why Istanbul, Turkey is the hub the center, the mecca of plastic surgery and hair transplants. Like this is the spot to be, especially when it comes to getting that Barbie nose, when you're trying to get any plastic surgery, hair transplants, dental work. Like there is a whole medical arena here that is just insane. Like this place is like New York City. It is so large of a city. It took us two hours to get here from the airport, just going through the city. This is not a small city. It's a very, very robust metro landscape. And there's tons of buildings with tons of facilities everywhere throughout this particular area in Atashir. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. So I hope I didn't butcher it. But this is where a lot of the medical stuff is going on. Istanbul, Turkey has arguably the best surgeons in the world. And I'm going to be honest with you, they dominate they're destroying the competition. They're doing better work than everybody else out there. When it comes to veneers, when it comes to hair transplants, especially, Istanbul is known for their hair transplants. They're known for their Barbie noses, and they're known for various types of plastic surgery. Now, when it comes to eyelid surgery, I would say Korea dominates. When it comes to BBLs and more so body stuff and implants, the US and Brazil and more of the South American countries are really where it's happening. But when it comes to hair transplants, and when it comes to that, those veneers, there is no place better in the world than Istanbul, Turkey. They have cornered the market and they are dominating. And they're doing it at a cost that is cheaper than everywhere else and at a quality that's better than everybody else. You are winning in both areas. This is why Istanbul, Turkey is so sought after when it comes to hair transplants and these kind of treatments. However, Istanbul, Turkey, they don't speak English here. They don't speak Spanish here. They don't speak Mandarin here. They don't speak a lot of languages besides Turkish. Everybody speaks Turkish here. Even Arabic is not so common. So it is difficult 
to come here and just try to walk around and act like you can get around places when you don't speak the language. And that is something that I really want to encourage you guys to be aware of because this is not some place where you can just come in and plug and play. This is a place where you really should know the local language if you really want to get ahead and really talk about stuff and really, you know, explore certain medical treatments, especially when it comes to your own medical treatments. You're going to a new country. You're flying over on a 20, 30 hour flight, which I'll, which I'll talk about here too. And you're going somewhere else that you have no idea. You don't know the people. You don't know anything. And you're tired and exhausted from the flights. And it can be really scary. It can be very, you know, intense for someone that is not experienced with traveling a lot. I'm a traveler. I, I you know, I've been all over the world. I've been all over Asia. And even for me, you know, it's, it's definitely a, a new experience. So this is something that I really want you guys to take into consideration. When you're looking for a clinic, there's a few things I'm going to talk about here. Number one you wanna make sure that there is an intake team. You wanna make sure that there is someone that you can talk to as a point of contact that speaks your language. You need to be able to speak to the person, okay? And I'm gonna talk about this and I would call this person the consultant. This is the person that you wanna to talk to and this person is on the intake team. Number one, if they have an intake team where people are processing individuals that are interested, they have a sales team, they have a marketing team. That is a green flag. That means that they have some kind of financial stability and they're willing to pay people to kind of bring people in and do it the right way. Now, let me talk about the appearance of the clinic. When you message these guys on Instagram, they'll get your WhatsApp and they'll blow you up on WhatsApp. I mean, I've been doing this for about a year. I probably have over a hundred clinics that have messaged me and have talked to me. And I've talked to a lot of clinics. So the clinic that I particularly went with, I went with for a reason because they checked off all the boxes and that's why I went with them. And I'll leave their information down. You know, this is their, the clinic I went to. And you know, there, there's probably a lot of other good clinics as well. I'm not saying that this is the best one in the world, but this is the one I went to. And this is the one that I can talk about. I can't really talk about the other clinics in terms of their quality and what they do. I mean, I can I can give you some guidance here and I'll, and I'll get into that in a second, but I can really only speak on the details and the experience I have with this clinic, okay? Because I didn't get any other surgeries anywhere else. But when you talk to them, you wanna make sure there's an intake team. You want to get on the phone with them. Anybody can use Google Translate. Anybody can hop on you know, uh, translation and kind of talk to you real smooth with English. And Google Translate is insane nowadays. But then when they end up here, they don't speak a lick of your language and you're totally lost. You wanna make sure there's someone that speaks your language that you can talk to, that you can converse with, maybe even FaceTime because that's what I did. And you can really ease your doubts. You can see if someone is being weird over the FaceTime, over the phone call. And that's one of the biggest reasons I went with this clinic because they spoke great English. They were able to communicate with me. They were always attentive and they gave me a lot of details and information about the procedure even before it began just to educate me. And they took a lot of my information in a, in a very systematized manner that I knew that, oh my God, these guys really care because they're asking a lot of questions and they wanna know everything about me and they want all the photos because they really wanna make sure that they can do a good job. And this particular clinic is very quick to turn people away if if they don't make sense because they're just not going to lie to you and that's something I always liked. They told me up front that we don't take everybody. We are very particular with the people that we work with because we want to do good work and that's something I appreciated very, very much. So you want to make sure they have the intake team. You don't really need to care too much about their Instagram following. I think a lot of people get caught up in the videos and the Instagram and look, you can buy fake Instagram followers. You can buy likes and engagement. You can, you can Photoshop pictures nowadays. I mean, this stuff is all available. I think the biggest thing you need to look for is the person and the relationship that you have with these people. And that is why I made the decision to go with this clinic. So don't worry about the Instagram too much. Don't really look at the before and after photos in terms of like, oh, this could be amazing and look at this and look at this one's result because your result is gonna be different. It's definitely good to get an idea of what should be expected. But more than anything, have a conversation, ask a lot of questions, badger them with questions. And here's another thing I'm gonna talk about. 
Stay away from the clinics that are very, very, very pushy. There are some clinics that are just so pushy, they'll just keep hitting you up. Hey brother, you want a hair transplant? Hey brother, you need this? And, and they won't stop. And that is a red flag to me because they're very desperate to get appointments in and they're very desperate to kind of get your business and they'll do it for a cost that's cheaper. Now, number four, let me talk about the cost, okay? Let me talk about the cost. Hair transplants can range in price. I know in the US they go up to like 20, 25,000. Um, they typically start around 10,000. And there's other places in the world, even in India and even in South America where you can get hair transplants for very, very cheap. Istanbul is the number one place to go for hair transplants and I would not recommend anything else. Now the cost of getting a hair transplant. First, let's talk about the flight over here. The flight is typically gonna cost you anywhere from 800 to $1,500 depending on where you are in the world. Now from the US, you can go as cheap as 800. It can be a little bit more right? I don't know if you guys want to fly first class or whatnot. That's up to you. But the flight is not a direct flight typically. And so you're going to be traveling for about 20 hours. This is long. I'm not saying it's, it's it's simple because there's a lot of layovers. But the flight time itself isn't too crazy. And for me, I'm used to flying, so it wasn't a big deal. And this is like a one-time thing. You don't have to think that you're going to be doing this every single month or every year. It's a one-time thing, and that's what's intended. Now, I would recommend staying for about five to 10 days. Now, some of you might be like, wow, that seems really long. Some of you will hear these clinics talk about, hey, you only need two days here, the surgery and the day after the rest, and you're good to go. But I recommend staying five to 10 days, and I'll tell you exactly why. If you walk into a situation in a clinic where things are sketchy, don't go. Just walk out right away and, and get something else and, and go somewhere else. And this is why you wanna have a consultant that works with you. This is the most important part of the process. Having a consultant is the most important thing. And I'm gonna hit on this again in this, in, in this video a little bit later. But you need to make sure that when you walk into the place, you're not being pressured because you're only staying here a couple days and you need to get this done and you spent all this money and you're invested now so you can't back out. You don't wanna do that. It's a very dangerous mindset. This is a invasive surgery. It's not just something that you can just kinda of do and if it doesn't work out, whatever, you can wipe the slate clean. It is very serious. You are really getting needles, you're getting anesthesia, you're, you're taking medication. It's not something that's a one, two, three ABC process. It is complicated. So you wanna make sure you're going with the right people and I would also suggest staying a little bit longer so that your recovery can be a little bit better. Yes, you're gonna be fine and everything's gonna work out, but the recovery is, is, is gonna be very important for you. And also, if something goes wrong, you have people there, you have medical professionals that can fix it. And I think one of the biggest things that I'll talk about too is that you can actually experience the culture and you can travel a little bit around Istanbul on your third or fourth day after surgery with a consultant. If, if you have the right consultant, like, like the one I book with, he will show you around the city, he will take you everywhere, he will introduce you to the local culture, and I think it's so beautiful when you're able to come here, get something done, and then also enjoy the culture, and it just really makes the experience just a lot more magical. Now, when it comes to cost, I'm gonna give you some hard numbers here. There are a lot of clinics that will talk about $500. There's a lot of clinics that will talk about $1,000. There's some that will even say they'll do it for you for free as long as you get them a few more people and they'll get you a referral program. Avoid these, respectfully, I'm just gonna say this, like avoid the cheap ones. You're already not spending a lot of money by coming to Turkey. Turkey is cheaper, okay? The reason that you come to Turkey and the reason that you should come to Turkey is because they have the best doctors. Don't do something on your body and be cheap about it. I'm telling you, you will not be happy. These results can be permanent. You do not want to put your body and your scalp and your hair in the hands of someone that is not really invested into it for the right reasons and is not really making a good amount of money and you're doing it in a cheap way and it's just gonna end up really bad and you're gonna end up more upset than happy. So don't try to cheap out on this stuff. And I'm warning you here. I know a lot of you will still do this, but I'm telling you like as an older brother, do not be cheap with this stuff. Spend the money. Now, the money that you're spending is not gonna be as much as if you're going to the US or some big first world country. A lot of the people in the US talk about how it's not good 
and how it's unprofessional, this couldn't be farther from the truth. And I think that there are horror stories in every single situation that you go into. There are a lot of clinics that have really bad treatment of the clients and the patients and it comes from the recovery. Like they just get the surgery done and they, they kick you out, right? There's, there's clinics like that here. And luckily, thank God, the one I went with that I did my research with, they didn't do that at all. They were very on top of everything. They made sure I got to the hotel. And I'll talk about this process in itself, but they were very, very attentive to everything. They were very on top of everything that uh, we did. And they explained the entire process. They were not quick or rushing me in any way. Um, they always gave me a little bit of leeway in terms of time that I could show up and, and you know, in terms of like getting into the, the car and whatnot to go to the hospital. So they were very, very understanding. They were very professional and I really appreciated this. And, you know, you want to go with a clinic that is a little bit more on the mid-tier price, I would say. There's some clinics that will charge you 10 to 20,000 here in Turkey. I'm telling you, okay? There's also clinics that will charge you $500 to $1,000. My recommendation is go for a clinic that's anywhere from $3,500 to 10K. And you know, the one I went for is typically around the five to 6K mark range, right? Now, there's different packages that they give you. There's like the 3,500, which I think is a regular one. There's a 5K, which is like the VIP. I would go for the VIP and I'm gonna tell you exactly why. It's not because you want a professional baller out Instagram experience. It's because the treatment is a lot better and your psychology is very important during this time. You wanna feel safe, you wanna have someone there 24 seven and that is exactly what I have. I have a Mercedes Sprinter that's available to me 24 seven. If I wanna go anywhere, I'm in a nice car that has a lot of space that's easy for me to get into. I don't have to like, you know, you're, you're ducking your head, you're, you're, you're fresh from surgery. You wanna have something that's easy to get into. You also have a 24-7 consultant who I can call literally any time of the day and he will pick up for me because he's attentive to me and he's escorting me through the whole process. And you have a team that is very, very invested into you. You have all the amenities. They take you around. They tour you around the city. I mean, it's just a really, really good experience. And this is all about the experience. It's about your mental state. It's about how you feel. You are doing this to feel better, so the process of you doing it should feel good. Do you understand what I'm saying? Don't just do it and cheap out. You're already gonna be paying less, so pay more for the highest quality doctors that you have here, and you're still gonna save money on everything, and it's gonna be an amazing experience. So I would say that the, the plane ticket will cost somewhere around $1,000, but then everything else is taken care of if you get the VIP package, from the hotel, to the transport, to the food and all that stuff. Like you can eat out here and there. Obviously I'm eating out for breakfast and sometimes for lunch, but they're getting me food if I need anything. They're making sure I have everything. The medication is all taken care of. The shampoo is all taken care of. And I'll get into that in a second too. I know I've said that like five or six times in this video, but I have everything structured out in parts so that you guys can really understand this from top to bottom. So all that stuff is provided. A to Z, they take care of everything. You get here, done, you're good. From getting back from the airport, to going there, all that stuff. So you don't have to worry about things, which is really the way that you want it to be. You wanna focus on resting and recovering and feeling good through the process. Next, I wanna talk about the transportation from Istanbul to the airport. And I wanna hit on this very quickly. The ride from the airport is like two hours, okay? Maybe one with less traffic, but for us it was a little bit more because we came at a very high traffic time. And this is really important. You wanna be able to get around the city the drivers and the Ubers and whatever it is, they can be a little sketchy. I'm not saying that they're all bad and I don't, wanna, I don't wanna give a bad name to any city, but you wanna be careful around a new city. You're a foreigner here. You just got a surgery done. You're not able to like move and run. Like you gotta be in a good environment in a safe environment with good people. So I recommend getting transport and that's why I recommend the VIP thing because if I wanna go anywhere, I wanna do anything, it's available for me and that's super important. And here's the big thing I wanna talk about. The consultant and the person that works with you through the process, 
That is the most important person and the most important piece this entire thing. And I know that you're like, wouldn't the doctor be the most important? Like, well, well, they're the one that actually picks the doctor. Like the guy that I work with, he picked the doctor. He picked the clinic. He sourced everything out. He's the one that set up everything from A to Z. This is the most important part to it. Without this person, I would be a fish outside of water. I would be lost in this landscape here, and I wouldn't really know what to do. Because he speaks my language, because there's trust there, because I have a good relationship, because I know he's not going to screw me over, I have full confidence that everything will go well, and that is why everything went well. Because I felt good, I was psychologically more stable, I trusted the entire process, I knew the doctors were good because he told me everything. Everything what he told me that he was explaining to me during the, the phone calls before I even got to Istanbul, everything lined up from A to Z, from the pickup to the greeting to just making sure I was good. I mean, it's the small things and I'll get into this even more, but he took care of me and he's still taking care of me. I'm still in the process over here from for everything. He's taking care of me for anything I need. I'm, I'm, I'm taking care of, okay? So this is what I really want to stress to you guys. Work with a group with a good consultant and good intake team. I can't stress this enough to you. There are a few other people I talk to that had good consultants. And you know, for some reason I went with this one because I really liked the way that he talked and his value systems and his morals and his integrity. But there's also a lot of other groups that have really good speakers that can speak multiple languages and they're very, very hands-on and very, very attentive. And, and this is where you wanna really make your decision. That is the number one thing. Not the, the before and after pictures, not the Instagram following, not the videos, not the reassurances the doctor gives you. Talk to the person that's setting everything up because they're the ones that are not necessarily invested in taking you into one clinic. They're gonna take you to the best situation, the best setup for you because satisfaction is their number one priority and they're almost like your lawyer. They're almost like on your side with this. They're gonna make sure you don't get robbed. They're gonna make sure you don't get scammed. They're gonna make sure that you're safe. They're gonna make sure that you're taken care of through the recovery. I mean, my consultant is literally helping me take off my bandages and everything. He's very well versed on the process. He knows everything from the medications to where the hotels are to how to handle certain things. If I call him up at 2 a.m. at night, he's gonna pick up for me. I can't tell you how important this is. So I just wanna hit on that for a second. Next, let's talk about the process of the hair transplant itself. I'm, I'm not gonna get too much into the science of it, but I'm going to really explain the process from top to bottom. Now, you're gonna go into the facility and you're gonna be greeted by a very warm and welcoming, hopefully a very warm and welcoming um, reception staff. And they're very nice, and you're gonna go straight into the doctor's office. This is what happened to me. I went straight to the doctor's office. I had did not have to wait. They basically just took me in, and they were ready for me, all available. There was no wait time, and the doctor was very, very happy to see me. The energy of my doctor was something that I really loved. Now, a lot of the doctors here are males, I think, you know, in this industry, but my doctor was a younger woman. And for some of you, this might be alarming. Some of you might be scared by this, but First thing you gotta understand, in, in India, this is where I'm from, you don't go to college. Like 11th and 12th grade are considered college, and then you go straight into med school. And this is kind of the way it is here in Turkey too. So doctors are graduating at like 22, 23. So my doctor was very young. My, my nurse and my doctor were both 25. This is a very long and intensive procedure. It can be anywhere from two hours on the short end to eight, 10 hours on the longer end. My procedure took six hours. So I needed to make sure that they had energy, they had stamina, that they were aware, they were mentally sharp. And working with younger doctors, I think I'm biased here, they were very attentive. They were very on top of it. And my doctor was so particular about the sanitization of the room. She was very attentive to me. She was very emotional in terms of like asking me if I was feeling okay. She's always reassuring me. I love this woman, like genuinely. She did a really good job. 
and I'm grateful that I was in her care and in her hands because it's almost a different experience when you're with somebody that genuinely cares about you and I could tell she genuinely cared about me. When I came in, she shook my hand and she began to ask me a few medical questions just to make sure that you know I understood what was going on and she could get the information from me, which is very important. I could tell that she knew what she was talking about when she was talking to the consultant because she was constantly trying to find out more information about me and she was explaining things almost over the top, but I've already had this explained to me by the consultant, but it was nice and refreshing to see somebody that wanted to educate their clients more so than just to get the surgery done. Some of these doctors are just like, hey, I'm here to do the surgery. I don't care about the patient. That's your job as a consultant. But this doctor cared about explaining it to me. She cared about how I felt. She cared about if I was comfortable. And she was very, very attentive and very, very energetic through the process. She was very much there, not half asleep. There weren't 10 other surgeries in the day. It was just me. And that's something I really appreciated. So there's a lot of reasons why people lose hair. It could be from your genetics. It could be from your diet. It could be from maybe certain physical activities that you're engaging in where you're kind of, you know, rubbing your head the wrong way. It could be from you not taking care of your scalp. It could be from the shampoo that you use. It could be maybe you're just swimming in the ocean a lot. You have a, you're exposed to harsher chemicals and harsher things. It could be from, you know, certain procedures and medical procedures that you have done before. It could be from health conditions. It could be from a lot of different things. You can lose hair in a variety of ways and there are different factors that contribute to it as well. Me, I pulled my hair back, I wore a lot of hats. I don't smoke or drink really, so that wasn't a factor, but these are all things that play into you losing hair. So she's gonna ask you a lot of questions. Um, if you have any health conditions, are you taking any medication on a day-to-day -day basis? Are you, uh, have you ever done any surgery before? Any invasive surgery on the scalp? Do you have any hair care problems in general? How long have you been looking to get a hair transplant? When did you notice your hair was thinning? Do you smoke or do you drink? Um, are you wearing a hat on a day-to-day -day basis? Are you pulling your hair back a lot? Are there any abnormalities with your blood like hepatitis B, C, are there any HIV? They're gonna be asking you if you're allergic to something. They're gonna be asking you a lot of different questions. And there's a laundry list of things and I probably hit like half of it maybe. And they're doing this because they want to make sure that everything lines up. And what they're going to also do is make sure that, you know, they're going above and beyond because sometimes patients lie. I wouldn't lie to the doctor. You don't want to lie because you want them to know what's going on. But a lot of patients will lie about things, about maybe having a blood problem, maybe having, you know, um, they don't drink, but they actually do. And you, you just want to be honest because you want your doctor to know what's going on. It's not like they're going to reprimand you or you're going to fail a test. They just need to know what you're, you're getting into here. So... She took all that information down and then we went into the room where we're looking at my scalp, okay? So we're gonna look at my scalp. We're shaving my head, that's the best way to do it. You don't have to shave your head at certain clinics and you don't have to shave your head here either, but I just did it because I wanted them to have a fresh area to work on. I didn't want them to really not know what they were getting into and they, they prefer that as well. They prefer if you just shave your head so they can see where your hairline begins and starts and where your hair follicles are really placed. And they kind of really showed me where I was starting to lose hair, and then they really redrew you know, my hairline and, and everything in between. So I really thought this process was interesting because it's different to see yourself without hair, and uh, it was very uh, fun for me in a way because I just haven't seen myself without hair for so long. And when you draw the hairline, you can really imagine and visualize where things are gonna be, and it kinda gives you a, a first glance as what this can actually turn into, which is really amazing. They take a few photos, your before and afters, because obviously they need to do their part to make sure that they're documenting everything for their end, and then you're gonna be jumping in to surgery. So the first thing they're gonna do is take blood work. Now the blood work is really there for their own safety because there's gonna be blood, right? They wanna make sure you're, you don't have any contagious blood disorders or you know any hepatitis, HIV. They just wanna make sure, because some people lie about this, and, and you know the doctors have to be protected because they're getting really uh, down and dirty with you and this kind of stuff. Once the blood work is done and you're all checked out, they're going to obviously take blood as well for plasma, which I'll talk about later. But then the surgery begins. 
you get straight into it. The first part of hair transplant in the FUE method, the Sapphire FUE method, which is really the, the, the major method they're using there, is local anesthesia. They're gonna numb you. This is the part that's the most painful. Now, a lot of people ask me about the pain. It's not that bad, especially in the beginning because you're fresh into it, especially when you're getting it done in the back. The pain, if you're getting it done more in the front, is a little bit more painful, but it's nothing to really be scared of. I know it sounds terrifying, but look, you, you can deal with it. No pain, no gain. It's not going to end you. It's not going to make you you know, go home and cry. There's definitely horror stories out there with patients, and this is why you really want to have a good doctor that is going to do the anesthesia the right way because once the anesthesia is in, you're not feeling anything. Like You just feel numb. And this is like going to sound weird, but the procedure is boring. Like I was bored and I'm going to talk about this in a second, but the first part of it is that local anesthesia. I bled a lot. I'm a very young guy. I work out all the time. And if you're, if you have a lot of blood circulation, you're going to naturally bleed a lot. And I didn't really see any blood while I was in the, the, the surgery. It's only when I got up and took a break where I saw, you know, how much blood I was kind of losing. And so you might be a little bit dizzy, but I didn't experience any feelings of dizziness or anything like that. It wasn't that much blood. Don't get the wrong idea here, but I was bleeding and it's something that you should be aware of. So if you're very afraid of blood, if you're very afraid of needles, you know, obviously go in with a little bit of caution here, do your research, talk to the consultant and explain extensively what your fears are because you will be getting your blood drawn. You will have needles going in your head. You can't see anything. So it's like, you don't even know, right? You're not even going to see it. And you're also going to bleed a little bit. So um, that's the first part, the local anesthesia. The second part is the extraction from the donor area. You have a donor area, which is where they're getting the hair from. So let me circle back to this. A lot of doctors will reassure you, yeah, this will all be good, it'll be wonderful, it'll be perfect, we'll make it great. My doctors were very skeptical and I really am thankful for this because they were like, we wanna make sure it's perfect. Because I have a lot of hair, it's gonna be good, right? They were like very confident in it, but they're going to tell me honestly how the hair is gonna go back. In the first three months of a hair transplant, you're, you're probably gonna start seeing shedding. The hair is gonna grow in and then it's gonna fall out. And then from there, you're going to have your hair return back to 50% uh, in, in five to six months. Then after a year, you're gonna be at 100% of the hair that they've actually transplanted in. All the other hair that you've had is gonna be there and it's gonna grow normally. So hair transplants typically take a year for them to really show up and be really, really good and strong. And obviously you're gonna see results probably like fourth, fifth month, which is awesome. But you wanna make sure that you have a donor area. So let me hit on this again. You need to make sure that you have hair if you wanna get a hair transplant. You need to make sure that you have some hair either on the sides or the back of your head. That's typically where they take it from, right around the sides here in the back of your head. Most people start balding around their, their, their crown and their front and then really in the back. That's where people typically bald. And that's where most men need that hair transplant to really be put in place. And sometimes it's done for density, sometimes it's done to basically replace the entire area and you're basically doing this one by one by one. Now, they are putting in the hair follicles one by one by one by one. That's why there's like 3,000, 5,000, 6,000 grafts. There's different, there's different levels. And you're not paying more money for different grafts from what I understand. It's just what they recommend. I got 3,000 grafts in my, in my hair transplant. And I could have gotten more, I could have gotten less, but this is what they just recommended for me. And I let them do what they wanted to do because I trusted them. This is the amount of trust I had with them. I wasn't quarterbacking the surgery. I just let them do what they recommended. And I said, hey, make me look good. And they said, no problem. We're gonna make you look great. Now, after the extraction is done, they're gonna go back into anesthesia again. Then from there, they're gonna go into the incision process. Now, there's videos about this online. There's obviously a lot of articles. Definitely do your research and understand this. But then after the incisions are done, you know, they're gonna use a little bit of a tool and that's gonna make a little bit of a sound, a little whirring noise. Not scary at all, you're not gonna feel anything. And after that incision process, you're gonna have a break. Now, the break is for you to eat. I ate food. I ate some traditional Turkish food called uh, donut. 
I think it's pronounced Donay, but uh, maybe I'm butchering it, but it was really, really good. There was onions, there were chicken, it was, it was bread and cheese. It was really tasty. And this really made me feel good midway through the surgery. I mean, you know, you're sitting there for hours. And by the way, you can use the bathroom whenever you want. You can take a break whenever you want, but you want to take as little of a break as possible because you, they're, they're, they're live in the surgery. They're thick in the flesh, you know? And so you want to make sure that you're actively trying to get this done as quickly as possible for your own recovery and for, you know, the stamina of the doctors as well. This is why I really appreciated having young doctors because they were like ready to go. They were, they were there. You know, they weren't tired. They weren't yawning, nothing like that. They were fully energetic and present. And so the break was very short, probably 20, 30 minutes. And then I went back into the surgery. Here's something I want to talk about. The entire atmosphere of the surgery room was very chill. Like I was talking to my consultant the entire time. We we're talking about life. And that was another thing. He was talking to me during the anesthesia, distracting me, holding my hand if I needed to be held. Like, you know, cause I didn't know what was going into the needles were coming in. I'm like, all right, grab my hand real quick. Let me, let me make sure I'm good. And you know, it wasn't painful. I was like, man, I, I over assumed. He's like, don't worry, man, I'm here for you. The, the pain is coming in you take a deep breath, embrace it. He was telling me everything, what was going to happen. And he was telling me to be loose and relaxed. And this is what you want. You don't want to contract. You don't want to be tight. You want to be loose with this kind of stuff. And additionally, the girls were very nice too. My doctor was talking to me, my nurse was talking to me, and there was additional nurses that would come into the room and make sure that everything was sanitized. So there was like a team of people that were fully attentive to me. On top of that, the environment was chill. I was watching Netflix, I was watching Turkish dramas, which I didn't really understand. I was listening to audiobooks, I was listening to music. When I was facing down, I couldn't look at my phone. But when I was on my back, I was playing games on my cell phone. Like, guys, they were working on me, on my scalp. And I was playing games on my cell phone and everything was fine. And the nurses were coming in, making sure that everything was good, making sure I had water. If I needed to stop them at any moment, they would make sure that they put the water to my lip and everything was good. Like it was really chill and boring. And that's what I'm trying to tell you guys here. Like this is the level of quality that some of these surgical rooms have. They're just a lot different if you go to a good one. I don't know the, the bad ones and the horror stories. And I see a lot of videos online where people are just like, knocked out it's fully like don't get me wrong these girls had robes on they were had gloves on everything was like masked up and everything like that but it was a chill environment it wasn't as serious as all the other things i see on youtube like it's it's a lot more chill than you guys think maybe it was a clinic that i went to maybe it was the people that i work with but i'm telling you my experience it was not hard at all it was boring I was just more so bored. So after the break is done, they're gonna give you an IV. And this is because you're feeling a little weak, so they gotta throw a banana bag in. And you know, this just gets your energy up. And you know, obviously you're going through surgery, you're losing blood, you wanna feel good. And uh, you know, they wanna make sure that you're stable through the process. And then from there, they're gonna go into the transplantation, which is really, they take your hair follicles and put them on almost like a Petri dish um, little sheet, and they put them in one by one by one by one. It's, it's crazy, okay, it looks, looks wild but they're putting them in one by one by one and they, they kind of put it on their hands and then they take it from there and they're inputting them in one by one. Once everything is done, you're going to be injected with plasma, which with from your own blood mixed in to help stimulate the, 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 the growth of the hair. And look, your hair, your head is gonna look like, look at my head, it's, it's red, it's glazed. They're gonna be a little bit of bleeding and they're gonna wrap you up and bandage you up so that way you're not leaking all over the place. Even though I bled a lot, I wasn't leaking all over the place. And then they give you a, basically a goodie bag to take home. But before all that happens, they clean you up. They, they make sure the room is sanitized. I mean, these girls were on top of everything. They were constantly cleaning. They were very nice. I was learning a little bit of Turkish. They were apologizing to me. The experience itself was just a 10 out of 10. So once that's all done, they bandage you up. They don't want you to move too much 
because obviously you just got done with a heavy procedure. So they kind of help you walk back to the, to the doctor's office and then they're gonna give you a kind of exit guide on how to recover and they're gonna prep you through the steps of that. Now they need to keep you awake during surgery because you're turning on the sides depending on where you're getting hair in. A lot of people fall asleep during the surgery. Like I'm being serious. I didn't fall asleep. I was awake the whole time. And you know, after the end of the surgery, I was so tired. I was like half asleep because then the surgery was done and I was like more so mentally like I, I can go to sleep. But then they briefed you through the process of what you need to have to recover. And you know, they gave me this goodie bag here. So here's a clinic I went to and they hand you um, first off this piece of paper. They explain everything to you, but this is gonna have all the information on it basically spelled out of what you need to do on a day-to-day -day basis from days one through five of the recovery. And remember, I told you to, to, to take a little bit longer, stay here a little bit longer. If they're gonna cover three days of the hotel, maybe cover the extra two days after that. I'm telling you, just, just trust me on this. You're gonna recover a lot better and you get to spend a little bit more time in the city. And God forbid, if there's any complications, which I doubt will happen, you're going to be okay. So you want to actually, you know, get this guide and follow it to a T and they're gonna be able to explain it to you. And I call my consultant before I take any medication because I just double check everything with him because I'm like that. And he's more than available to be like, yeah, now you're taking this, now you're taking that. And he knows it by heart. Now the medication, like there's a lot of different types of medication. Talk about it. First, you got the painkillers. You're gonna take a painkiller right after the surgery, obviously to, to help reduce the pain. You're gonna take anti-swelling medication. You're gonna take antibiotics. You're gonna take blood thinners. Some of you might be confused with this, but some people lie about their coagulation factors and about how thick their blood is in terms of you know their, their ability to really clot. And you don't wanna have thick blood. You want the blood to flow. You wanna bleed a little bit. That's totally normal. It's a little weird obviously at night when you're sleeping and I'll get into this how you want to sleep but it's weird because you're not used to bleeding from your head it sounds kind of crazy I look like a mental patient right now I get that you know explaining this video talking to you but um you you want to have the blood thinners and and that's something that they use as a precautionary measure to make sure that you're you're, you're bleeding normally and then from there they have a, a medicine that you take to kind of protect your stomach from all the drugs that you're taking and this is something that i really appreciate like it's uh, they go through all these steps to explain everything for you in this little sheet here and then they have you know their shampoo they have the cleaning solution the foam because you can't just go in and scrub your head like can't do that right you shouldn't be touching your head after the surgery obviously you don't want to touch anything in because it needs to kind of be stable and sensitive and that's why it's all bandaged up and then they give you this this neck pillow okay um, I'm gonna show you the neck pillow. Let me let me get it over here. And so they're gonna give you this neck pillow, and um, you know there's a little bit of like a couple of dots of blood on here, but this is the neck pillow, and it looks just like this. And so obviously I wrap the gauze around it, but this is what you do at night. You put the neck pillow around your neck, and you basically you don't sleep sitting up. Like people are talking about like how you have to sleep sitting straight up. It's not like that. You're kind of leaning on your bed. It's not bad. It's really not bad. And this just kind of keeps your head elevated, especially if you get stuff done in the back so that your head is not touching anything. You're sleeping facing up, but you're not sleeping sitting up. Big difference, okay? So you're still able to lay down. It's almost like you got propped up by a bunch of pillows, but this just kind of keeps your head a little bit elevated. In addition to this, they give you the headband so that you look good when you're playing tennis. I'm just kidding. They give you the headband so that the swelling doesn't kind of drop down to your face, okay? And then they give you a, a fish fishing hat. I'm gonna explain it to you this right here so that if there's a lot of sun out in the area that you're in you can kind of just kind of pop it on and take it off and it protects your head from excess sun damage if it's very dusty if it's a muggy area you know this is a new you don't want it to get infected you don't want anything bad to happen and th that's why you have antibiotics and stuff like that and they clean it every single day with you and so obviously today uh you know i went to go get it cleaned 
and you know the, the nurses were really attentive and they made sure they put the foam and all that and my consultant is really on top of it too he's low-key the one that's helping me a lot as well when it comes to cleaning and the medication so big shout out to him and this is why once again i'm recommending you get someone that's 24 7 available to you because when you're left to your own devices in a foreign country where you can't even speak the language where you can't even get a hold of your doctor because they're working on other patients you might mess something up and this is not something that you want to mess up okay so that's why i'm once again recommending get a consultant go with the group that has a intake team and somebody that's available for you 24 7. so they give me this goodie bag and i'm gonna have the goodie bag for a little bit and i'm gonna use the goodie bag to kind of do whatever i need to do to feel better and and really from there it's just rest and recovery and eating now here's the other part too my consultants bring me food all the time he's making sure that i'm eating he's constantly checking up on me making sure that i'm getting my nutrition in making sure that i'm sleeping this is the other part the psychology of it the health of it you need to sleep you need to sit in bed and just chill and this is why I recommend getting a nicer hotel. Like, you know, I'm right by the area. Then they put me in this nice Marriott here. And uh, I can pretty much do whatever I want to do. The hotel has everything. I have room service. And I'll be honest with you, there's a lot of people that come here for hair transplants. So don't feel awkward if you're walking downstairs in the lobby and you got this going on. Because there's a lot of other people that have that. One of the things I'll tell you about is like I see other people from other clinics and they're just not getting the same treatment. They're going to the clinic themselves. They're kind of having their wives and their family help them out with things in terms of doing what they need to be doing. I have someone available for me 24-7 that's a local here, and that's something I really appreciate. And I also have a car that's available for me that I don't have to Uber and take a taxi to the, to the clinic where I can be on time and I don't have to worry and I'm not rushed with any situation. So... Don't feel embarrassed to be here because I think that's a big thing. Obviously, going to a place, getting a hair transplant, you're doing it and you might feel self-conscious a little bit, but this is very normal. This is the place to be. It's totally fine. No one's going to judge you. People understand that you're coming here for a reason. So it's really more accepting here more than you can imagine. Now, the last step of this is really traveling around Istanbul and really experiencing all the beauty of the city. And this is something that I think everybody should really experience. Seeing a foreign country, seeing a city that you probably wouldn't come to if it wasn't for this is an experience that you should really jump into. And this is why I recommend staying a few extra days so that you have time to kind of explore what's out there in Istanbul. Now, once again, the prices for all this stuff vary depending on the clinic you go to. For me, I would say anywhere $3,500 up. I would recommend spending around five to 6,000 for that VIP package. So that way you know that you're getting the best thing. And these prices can vary. They might be a little cheaper. You know, when you talk to them, they might be a little bit more expensive. I don't know, but I would recommend going with the clinic that's not here to just take money from you and wax you. They've been very upfront with everything in terms of booking the hotel and what I need. Even, you know, when I, I booked the hotel and stuff like that, they made sure that they gave me the money back. Um, so that way I wasn't losing any of it. They didn't, they didn't scam me. They were very upfront and they were very intentional about giving me the money upfront. So that way I didn't have to worry about that. I didn't have to ask it. I didn't have to bring it up. They kind of brought it up to me. One thing I'll tell you about Turkish culture and, and my consultant in general, if I need anything during the surgery, I wanted gum. I wanted almonds, I, I, the random stuff. He would go and get it for me. Honestly, we needed a, um, a charger and they got it for us. Like the small things like that, that they're 100% attentive to. They try to do everything that they can in order to make sure that you feel comfortable. And that's something I really appreciated. And they don't ask for anything. They really are more concerned with your satisfaction and the result of your operation because that's what they're here for. I would much rather you go to a place 
that cares about you and cares about your results, then that's just in it for the money and that's really in a transactional basis with you. This is why I work with the group that I work with and this is why I chose the people I worked with. Now I'm still in the thick of the process and I'm gonna update you guys as this goes on as best as I can to help you understand the entire process from A to Z. And I'm gonna talk about my travel back home, if it's uncomfortable, how I'm gonna feel, and everything in between. So I hope this video was helpful for you guys. I hope it was informational. If you ever wanna connect with me, my links are down in the description below. And more than anything, I'll leave the information for the group that I work with if you're interested in working with them. In no way, shape, or form do you have to work with them. There's a lot of other good groups out there. There are a lot of groups that are not good as well. That's why I'm also recommending to be better safe than sorry and work with someone that you can trust. If you know somebody that's really good and you have friends that have gone certain places and you know their results are great, Go with them. If you're watching this video right now, you can message me and ask me about the group that I went to and my experience. I will tell you straight up how it was and how it went. And obviously I'll leave all the information there so that you can contact them yourself and you know, do your own research. But I hope this video was helpful guys. Until next time, Sumi out.